I said good day, sir. You don't ever plan anything around the eagles because the eagles represent the grace of God, you heathen bastards. What a vanilla nebbish name. Well, you know, orcs are people too. I'm thinking of that one cult that got taken out with one punch. So he's got a wall, a gall, a gall, and a wall. Every time you mention the eagles, I think Don Henley. (laughs) This is a Geek History of Time. Where we connect nerdery to the real world. I'm Ed Blaylock. I'm a middle school level world history teacher with one, count it, one section of English. Uh, Working here in Northern California, I'm also uh, the proud father of a 21-month-old toddler with a wicked throwing arm. How about you? I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin teacher with a slight dip into world history, uh, and we are doing whatever the hell I want, which means we're covering a lot of empires. Nice. And uh, they're starting to get asked the same questions over and over and over again. Uh, <laughs> and they're okay. starting to recognize that, and they're starting to judge uh, people like Mehmed II and Suleiman against people like Ose Tutu. And stuff like that. So it's kind of cool to see. Yeah. All right. Uh, And I am raising two children, uh, a seven-year-old and a uh, nine-year-old. In the ways of the force. In the ways of the force. Exactly. Actually, uh, my my daughter is into, I think, the fifth book of Harry Potter. Nice. And I just let her know that I think Dumbledore is actually an even worse villain than Umbridge. So her mind is bent. Uh, I would... would Go so far as to say he comes out being kind of an incompetent uh, mentor figure. Okay, I I can see that argument. I'm still not. I am not ready to go so far as to actually recognize him as a villain. Mm. Um, I know I I can guess where the argument comes from. Yeah, in you regard, don't in regard to his decisions regarding Harry's living situation as a yes. small child every summer circumstance circumstance of abuse and yes. all that stuff. Yeah, yes. no, I I I see that. I yep. get that. I understand that. Um, uh, but I'm I'm going to I'm still going to stop shy of of saying villain. He's a villain. I'm, That's I am, fair. I am going to say. You know the the nature of uh, magical gases, the magic, the nature of, of mythic narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think you know much as I've argued that uh, Obi Wan Kenobi got screwed out of his role mm-hmm. in the Star Wars stories. Uh, you know who who he, he, you know the first the first trilogy should have been his arc, right? And and that got screwed up. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna say that I think Dumbledore kind of gets boned by his role in a story that kind of requires the hero to have that kind of crappy childhood. I okay. mean, you know, and I'm not saying this. Neville Longbottom had an awful childhood. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he could have been the other hero. He could have been the other. Yeah. yeah. And but so he at least wasn't made to live with abusive, horrible people who quite frankly, it might not have even been their fault. You know, it could, it true. The whole, the whole, he's Horcrux, a Horcrux he's argument. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Uh, which then actually leads to the argument that wherever Harry wound up, his circumstances might have wound up being negative and unpleasant. Oh. Because if yeah. he was making them worse people than they already were, I mean, admittedly, everything, all the canonical sources indicate to us that they were not great folks to begin with. True. 
But it's entirely possible the circumstances would have been negative anyway. That's a good point. That's a very um, good point. I had not thought. You of. know, and so I mean, there's there's multiple sides to that argument, and That's I certainly point. understand where anybody comes from who 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 would, would agree who would, yeah. who would agree with you and would 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 see him in a villainous light. I just think again, we're dealing with narrative structures. We're dealing with the hero's journey, and and. Applying our moral judgments, we need to take that into account when we do. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Uh, she also really likes that it's entirely likely that Nagini was the snake that he met in the zoo. Mind blown. Uh-huh. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. Had not ever considered, I'm going to admit, had not ever considered that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to come to terms with that yeah. now. Wow. All right. So he cool. came into a co- contact with his with, own with, horcrux. With his own, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yep. All right. And so we're back. Yeah. So <laughs> after that mind melting moment. So um speaking of narrative structures and moral judgments. Yes. Uh tell me, mm-hmm. what do you think of orcs? Uh, ooh, a much maligned race. Um, uh, okay. A, I, uh, I find it interesting that that's uh-huh. that's the first. Well, I first you, take they, that you have on it. They always strike me as I mean they're big and they're vicious and and all that kind of stuff. They always remind me of Boxer from uh, Animal Farm. That they okay. are they are the big one. So they're the big dumb one that gets sacrificed. Okay. So the story can go on. Okay. Um, and uh, I. Uh, I don't know. I got a soft spot in my heart for orcs because they seem more primitive. Um, okay. They seem... And uh, when I think of orcs, I think of like... Um, and maybe I'm not even calling them the right things. The things from uh, Warcraft. Okay, yeah, orcs. Okay, those are orcs, yeah. Big, so, big muscular, green yeah. skin, tusks. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think of those. I think of the, the erstwhile parents of half-orcs. Okay. Because you never see an actual orc, you only see the half orcs, you know, and, and I always As as yeah. player characters in D D, you yeah. you're largely correct. Yeah. Largely, not right. entirely, but right. largely. Yeah. Um and All right. there is also a subsect of them that are because normally they're brutish of some sort, you know, yeah. they're they're brutes. But there is a subsect of them that are actually really, really smart and interested in very niche crafts work and stuff. Um from Central France, they're called de orcs. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Good job. Thank you. Good job. So, yeah, I got you a soft spot in my heart if, for orcs. If, if producer George were here, I would ask him for a timestamp <laughs> because I you didn't set a record with that one. No. But you're up there. Yeah. That's a good that's a good competition for pole position right there <laughs> with that with that time. Good day, sir. Yes. All right. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Okay. And and I find it interesting because because it's 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 an artifact of of what it is I'm going to be analyzing. Right? Okay. What it is what what it is I'm going to be talking about. Uh, that your your first take on them mm-hmm. is sympathetic in the way that it is. Yes. Because that's that's an artifact of recent more woke gaming culture. Do you think that uh, comes about because of the anti-hero focus of the mid-90s? 
I think the book Grendel came out and suddenly you're sympathizing uh, with Grendel. I think, uh, there's something to that. Okay. Um, mostly I'm going to look at the narrative, the the way the narrative develops and we can, and we can bring kind of real world events and other stuff into it as we're talking about it. But, um, orcs, Mm -hmm. you know, them. you've probably murder hoboed them. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, um, the first thing is anytime you see an orc mm-hmm. anywhere in popular culture, mm-hmm. um, they are either a refutation or a response or an homage or a just straight up copy paste mm-hmm. from Tolkien. Right, right. Okay. He started it. Yeah. He, he created the idea of what we see now as the platonic ideal of orc. And he codified them as being brutish, being cruel-natured, cowardly unless their in numbers are driven by a unifying, driving will. They are oh, that's different. In Tolkien, mm-hmm. remember, they are the servants of either Saruman right. or Sauron. Right. And before Sauron, Morgoth, mm-hmm. um, who, who are angelic, fallen angelic being. In all three cases, right. worth noting, mm-hmm. uh, fallen angelic beings of right. great of great power and mystical wisdom who are turning that power and mystical wisdom to selfish or or destructive or corrupt ends mm-hmm. who are the driving will behind the orcish okay forces so orcs were kind of like what D&D goblins are now yes for Tolkien yeah well and it's and it's it's also Tolkien uses the words goblin and orc to refer to the same genus of critter Oh. In The Hobbit, mm-hmm. they wind up in Goblin Town. Right. After they, you know, fall through the crack in the cave and all that. Yep. Um, that's that's Goblin Town. Those are the same kind of creatures okay. as orcs that show up elsewhere. Okay. What's interesting to note is the word goblin and orc both mm-hmm. get used in The Hobbit. Goblin gets used more mm-hmm. in The Hobbit. Orc gets used more later on in Lord of the Rings. Okay. And Tolkien himself said, anytime you see the word goblin, it's essentially a translation into English of orc. Oh. Okay. Okay. So orcs have a dramatic amount of morphological variation because you have some little sneaky, Mm -hmm. you know, goblin-like orcs. And then you have big... You know, Big burly, broad, broad, muscular. Yeah. You know, Uruks, which which would be you know the the bigger the Urukai. Okay, you will taste man flesh. You are my fighting Urukai. Are the big muscular, really scary ones. All right. Um, and so he he codified them as being universally ugly and bestial, mm-hmm. and they're almost always part of a horde. You really almost, uh, un- unless there is a plot reason for it, you never encounter one orc. Okay. Okay. There's always a platoon of them. Okay. You know. Um, and Tolkien's orcs were emblematic of his ideas of evil because of the nature of the fairy story he was telling. Mm-hmm. And because of his innate cosmological worldview in his own head, mm-hmm. uh, orcs were were a part of his his view of what evil looked like. They were made by Morgoth in in the first age 
from elves that he had essentially kidnapped mm-hmm. and broken and twisted and turned into okay. soldiers. So they were they're essentially created by magically induced trauma by Morgoth. Oof. Okay, so there's so there's an analogy for somebody being broken and then inflicting their brokenness on the rest of the world. Oh wow, okay. Which which Tolkien probably didn't consciously think of, but right. it's there. Um, well, that's World War One for you. Yeah, and yes, very which, much. Which he's not doing. Which I he's know. not doing. Yeah, we, we've talked totally about doing. that before, but he's totally yeah. doing. And um, one of the one of the things that that he keeps bringing up over and over and over and over and over mm-hmm. throughout all of his writing is that evil cannot create anything. Okay, it can only destroy. Good, it, it can only destroy or right. twist or corrupt, right? Or change, right? And Perverts. so it can. Yes, very yes. good. Yes, excellent. Um, and so tied in with that, also they obeyed more powerful orcs or their leaders out of fear. Mm-hmm. Orcs don't have Tolkienian Tolkienian orcs mm-hmm. don't have. Honor. They don't have a sense of this is my leader and I'm going to follow him because he's my leader and I love him and I respect him. No, it's because he's bigger than me and I'm more afraid of him than I am of anybody else. So how is this different than the English conception of the Hun? Going to get to that. Ah. <laughs> or the Roman conception of the German. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tolkien's works were sexless. They spawned in pits. Wow. It's part of how they were twisted and broken by Morgoth. Their, okay, okay. Their, their maleness, femaleness was taken away from them. Although, because he's a Victorian, they default to male, even right, though right, right. genderless equals default male. Right. Because Victorian. And, and again, they are inherently broken and evil. There is never any such thing as a kind orc. Okay. There's never any such thing as an orc with benevolence in their heart mm-hmm. because it has been crushed out of the it, it was crushed out of the first of them mm-hmm. and every one of them that came after carried that same okay damage okay okay now tolkien took his ideas for for what an orc looked like and and kind of the word orc from mm-hmm. earlier folkloric sources orcus mm-hmm. was the name for pluto yeah or hades god yeah. of the underworld which is a pit yes yeah and orc Mm-hmm. In Old English, mm-hmm. borrowed from Orcus, was a word for any number of malevolent, ogreish kind of dark spirits. Okay, you, you see it in in various poems and legends and fairy tales and all this kind of stuff in Old mm-hmm. English. And Tolkien's novelty was in taking this word that was you know dark spirit, you know bugaboo, goblin in the night, and applying it to a very specific race of created shock troopers for uh, his dark lord, Sauron. He, okay. he needed a fairy story army of ogres and, and minions, you know, you know, twisted goblinish minions, and mm-hmm. so orcs and goblins were, were his narrative solution. Okay. Okay. Again, getting back to talking about roles in narrative. So you need stormtroopers. You need, you need stormtroopers. Faceless yeah, killable. Yeah, faceless, faceless minions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I already mentioned orcs and goblins are the same thing in Tolkien. Um, and so through Tolkien, this concept entered the lexicon. Okay. 
uh, every arc ever after this is is somehow a response or a development or an evolution. Yeah, from can't here. help but get away from the progenitor. Yeah, yeah. Now we got to talk about the unfortunate Victorian racism. Okay. Okay. Uh, he describes his orcs as being, and I quote, squat, broad, flat-nosed, sallow-skinned, with wide mouths and slant eyes. Okay. Decode that from Victorian English stereotypes. What do you get? Uh, well, you get what Edward Said would have called Orientalism, but without the fetishization and the, the good stuff. Yeah. Yellow so, peril. Yeah. 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 Um, that quote, because <laughs> this is taken from a letter he wrote to uh, a writer friend, <clears throat> that quote ends with... Quote, degraded and repulsive versions of the, parentheses to Europeans, mm-hmm. and close parens, least lovely Mongol types. Horde. Horde. Yeah. Yellow peril. Right. You know, we talked about it, talking about Buck Rogers, you know. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we have to deal with that. And, and again, you, you already looped ahead a little bit and brought yeah. up ideas of the Hun. Um because the real world. Oh, also, uh, he describes them as being malicious and crafty. Oh, sly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's a negative yeah, thing. Sneaky devils. Yeah, and yeah. so subconsciously, again, because he wasn't doing it, but he was totally doing it, drawing on his experiences of war when he wrote Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and in World War One, right, all of the propaganda. From from the the Allied end, made extensive use of Hun right when describing German Central Powers, grabbing a blonde white lady in yeah. a white dress, yeah. looking like a gorilla, looking looking bestial, the looking meaning, monstrous, menacing eyes, yeah, menacing beady looking yeah. eyes, slanted. Well, and there's, you know, I mean, the the history of the quote Hun in Europe, and stop me if I'm stepping on your uh, your oh. thunder here. But the history of the Hun in Europe was such a boogeyman because of Attila. the invasions of Attila all the way up to the gates of Rome. Yeah. Um, it, Hungary is called such because the Huns. The Huns. To the point where uh, the idea of Asian <clears throat> is not so much Chinese as it is Eastern European. Yeah. Like there is there's mm-hmm. a lot of, of just like really baked in. Racism to yeah. to the various European cultures. Oh yeah, yeah. About yeah. Asians. Yeah, no. The the Huns were an Asiatic tribe who wound up, you know, settling right in large part in Central Eastern Eastern Central Europe. And the propaganda images play up all of that, right? You know, preconceived already existing racial bias. Yeah. Um, and so, when forming the basis for his faceless minions of evil. There's no way that wasn't somewhere right. in his subconscious. Right. Uh, Tolkien probably wouldn't have advocated the idea that Asians were somehow inherently evil or that they weren't human, but at the same time, exaggerated versions of those kinds of features right. were where he went when he created a race of monstrous, cannibalistic marauders. Yeah. No, that, okay. that makes a lot of sense. I mean, in American movies, if you want a, a guy to be a bad guy... And he's wealthy. He's gonna have a British accent. Yeah, like that's that's part of our lexicon when yeah. it comes to movies. Yeah, you know, because so, yeah, cause, yeah, because our, our innate uh, reverse classism right makes that a thing. Yeah, yes, okay. So that is that that is where the whole trope gets solidified. Okay, is, is Tolkien is Lord of the Rings, 
And now I'm gonna I'm gonna jump forward from from the fifties with the publication of the Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna jump forward to the seventies. Okay. In seventy four, uh, the very genesis of Dungeons and Dragons, orcs appeared as one of the earliest humanoid monster types. Oh, cool. That there was. Okay, it was right there mm-hmm. in in the actually in the DMG. Which right. was published before the monster manual. It had an appendix in it that had stats, sure. so you could have monsters until yeah. until the monster manual got published. Right, and then the monster manual got published, and you had more detail added to all that. And like Tolkien, mm-hmm. orcs are invariably chaotic evil. Okay, yeah, they are cowardly except in numbers. Right, they are not very bright, mm-hmm. which. Tolkien's goblins and orcs were not thinkers, but they were cunning. Okay. Gygax's orcs are stupid. Okay. Okay. So they will be forever minions of they're the big always guy. they're always going to be minions followers. Right. An, an orc is never going to be the, the truly the big bad. An orc chieftain might be kind of a dragon. Okay. You know, he might be like a secondary antagonist. Okay. But the main antagonist, the Dark Lord, isn't going to be an orc. Right. Okay. That's just still part of the paradigm. And um, interestingly, Gygax's orcs, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if this was Gygax's idea or or what, but his orcs started out literally pig-faced. If you look at the illustration in the original Monster Manual. Yeah. And it describes them as having a pig-like snout. Yeah. In the, in the verbal description, it talks about having a pig-like snout, which is a, a departure from, from Tolkien's description. Tolkien said they were kind of flat-faced mm-hmm. with you know, sharp, ogreish teeth and you know, all that kind of stuff. Sure. But now they actually have a specific animalistic feature being added to the description. That's interesting. I'm okay. curious as to what descriptions were rolling around about it, people of Asian descent at that time. Because I remember when America was at war with, uh, prior to America getting into the war with Japan, mm. uh, the Chinese were considered low class and, and all yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. And they basically just flipped the names uh, when we were at war. They oh, put yeah. out a coloring book. To uh, tell the difference between a Chinese person and a Japanese person for the Department yeah. of Defense, yeah, and the way that they did that, they they you know overemphasized certain features, yeah, um, to the point of yeah caricature, which, yeah, yeah. So it it would be interesting to find that out. That's yeah. that isn't I wasn't able to get into that level of looking at it, but. Um, just in the same way that Tolkien created the monster to be a shock trooper uh-huh. for his evil fairy story army, Gygax and Arneson mm-hmm. treated them exactly the same way. They are monsters to be fought and beaten. They are okay. they're stormtroopers. They're faceless minions that you heroically wade in to, you know, fight off and, and deal with. Mm-hmm. And part of this is because at the very beginning, D&D existed in, in a weird kind of a moral vacuum. Okay. Like, you know, I, I don't know what your earliest, specifically Dungeons & Dragons experience was, but, but the way the modules got written, mm-hmm. there was a dungeon 
Right. And whatever whatever flimsy reason there was, whatever flimsy excuse there was, you were going to go into the dungeon, you were going to kill monsters. Right. You were going to get loot, you were going to come out, and that was, that was the whole point. Right. And there wasn't an introspection or analysis of representational issues. There was not... Like, there wasn't even... It was like they're always chaotic evil. Right. And, and so there's orcs in this ruin... And you got to go kill the orcs because the orcs are evil. Well, okay, stop. Wait, what, what makes the orcs evil? Uh-huh. Like, what are they doing? That's they're out there. Why are we going and killing all of them? Right. And you know, later on, and from the beginning, if you had a good enough DM, it would be mm-hmm. well. You know, um, they've gone down into the village and they've raided. They've killed a bunch of people and carried people off as slaves. You got to go right. rescue people. Whatever. Right. But. The way it was presented, if if you didn't put in the additional effort, it was just well, they're evil. Okay. So since they're evil, you can go you know kill them with moral impunity because this is all happening in a universe where there is a metaphysical definition of good and evil. Good is on one side, uh-huh. evil is on the other side. That duality has a mystical, physical kind of impact on the world, uh-huh. and you know, and so you can get away with it. So. Orcs remained always chaotic evil, and that was just it. Right? Sure. Now, at the same time, though, when the AD&D Player's Handbook came out, mm-hmm. they introduced the ability to play a half-orc character. Okay. So orcs mm-hmm. are always chaotic evil, but you can play a half-orc. You can be a little less. Who can be kind of anti-heroic. Right. And you have a built-in dark backstory. Because as a half-orc, well, how, how exactly does a half-orc wind up coming into the world? Clearly, there sure. must have been an assault committed right. for you to even exist. Right. Because, Love evil, doesn't exist that because way. evil and ugly and, you know, by definition, that's what an orc is. And right. so, you know, so you have built-in dark backstory. So, you know, anti-hero point number one. Um and your class limitations. Mm-hmm. This is important. Okay. Now, nobody who wasn't human could be a paladin. Okay? Paladin had to be lawful good. Had to good. be human, right. You had to be a human. Couldn't be a half-elf, couldn't be an elf, couldn't be a gnome, dwarf, nothing right. of that. So the fact that a half-orc couldn't be a paladin, that was not a big deal. But a half-orc couldn't be a ranger either. And a ranger mm-hmm. had to be good aligned. Okay. Okay. However, mm-hmm. as a half orc, you could multi class as a fighter thief, uh huh, or a fighter assassin. Okay. Um, and by the way, if you chose to be an assassin, you had to have evil in your alignment somewhere. And if you were playing a thief, the PHB clearly stated mm-hmm. that you probably lean toward neutral rather than good. Okay. Not always. Right. But they said, if you're a good aligned thief, you're going to have to be like neutral good. You know, and you're more likely to be like true neutral or chaotic neutral okay. if you're not evil because, you know, thief. <clears throat> and then when Unearthed Arcana came out mm-hmm. and introduced the barbarian class, as a half orc, you could be a barbarian, but barbarians had to be chaotic aligned. Right. So you're either. Automatically chaotic mm-hmm. if you're a barbarian, or you're not. You're and you are not allowed mm-hmm. to be part of a class that requires a good alignment as a half orc. 
It's a lot of this, that's a lot. Of, it's a lot of yeah. baggage. Now, non-human races had a lot of class restrictions just in general. Mm-hmm. Dwarves couldn't be wizards. Um, right. Elves had a couple of elves. Elves got away with a lot, but elves had level restrictions and everything mm-hmm. they could do. Halflings had a bunch of class restrictions. I don't think you could be a halfling cleric, for example. Right. You know, they're like the only way you could like I want to choose whatever class I want to do is I'm going to be human and I yeah. can do anything I want to, which was kind of the main selling point of humanity. Was they're versatile? They do everything. Right. Okay. Um, and then as a half orc, your stat line mm-hmm. in AD and D was you got plus one to strength. Right. And you got minus one to charisma. This is in AD&D. AD&D. Okay. First edition, AD&D. Okay. Now, it's interesting to note you've got a plus one to strength because powerful. Right. Minus one to charisma, presumably because ugly. Right. But in the description for your charisma stat in the player's handbook, it specifically said this isn't about physical appearance. But it was totally about physical appearance. And then um, when Unearthed Arcana came out and they introduced, now we have comeliness, Uh which is physical appearance. As a half-orc, you suffered essentially a double penalty because comeliness wound up being tied to charisma. Uh If you had a high charisma, you got a bonus. If you had a low charisma, you got a penalty. So as a half-orc, you got a minus one to your charisma. And then on top of whatever that did, you then had like a minus one or a minus two to your comeliness Just because you're ugly. Just because you're muggly. So we're still coming from this place of mm-hmm. orcs bad, orcs always bad, half orcs not as bad. Right. Um, and, and they're still carrying, um, you know, all, all of this kind of automatic moral baggage sure. based on this background. They're not bad. They're just drawn that way. They're just, yeah, they're just drawn. Well played. Thank you. Now, you know what else is well played? Well, uh, a good time for an ad. Oh yeah! In the middle of our show, I think we should do that. I right think now. we should too. Let's and, do it and see what we can find Let's see out. What we can pitch that we're willing to pitch. Let's do it. Hey, Geek Nation! It's Damien and Ed, and we're here to pitch a book at you. Uh, it's uh, from a good friend of mine and a good friend of the show, Bishop O'Connell. The books are the American Fairy Tale trilogy: The Stolen, The Forgotten. The Return. If you're a fan of urban fantasy, you're going to love these. If you're a fan of Celtic folklore, uh, you're going to love these even more. Uh, they're very well researched uh, in terms of the, the stories and everything that they tie into. Uh, and he's a very good guy and, like I said, a good friend of the show. So uh, go out, pick them up, read them. And now, back to us being smart, Alex. time with those ads i really want to buy stuff yeah well you know i kind of want to buy stuff a lot all the time anyway but those ads make me want to do that just that much more and buy that specific stuff yeah yeah it's, you know I it's would... targeted wanting to buy stuff now as opposed mm-hmm. to just the general acquisitiveness that i suffer as being part of <laughs> late stage capitalism 
and yeah. having grown up in like mid late stage capitalism. <laughs> so back uh, when you had the optimism of purchasing power. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, back back when you know I thought I'd you know be a homeowner by this phrase of my life. Um, <laughs> That got depressing for me real fast. Wow. I don't know about yeah. you. Uh, but uh, so oh. we're talking about orcs. <laughs> Back to that. Thank you. Because uh, <laughs> that was sad. After, after that, you know, uh, existential moment. Um, so anyway, we, we have yeah. the introduction of the idea that, hey, you can you can play this character who's kind of an orc, but not really. And right. because you're part orc, you're never really going to be a good guy. The best you can be is kind of an anti-hero. Ooh. You know, and, and you're never going to be seen as a good guy either. That's, you're not, that's yeah, no, other, you're not going to be perceived as a good guy either. So, so you you're know. always going to have to deal with other people's shit. Yeah, like you are the permanent underclass, which feeds into the anti-hero which, trope, which, which feeds into I was born an orphan. I was born or, an orphan. Yeah. I was, you know, my mother was victimized by my father. Right. Know, I was, you know. Now, what edition did Half Orcs come out in again? Oh, it's first edition. That's AD&D. first ed. Oh, oh yeah, as a no, PC. it's it's in it's in the okay. first edition player's handbook, okay. AD&D player's handbook. Um, and you know, again, it's plus one strength, minus minus one charisma. Right. So you're going to do a really good job as a fighter. Okay. When the barbarian class comes out, half orcs was like that was the half thing. Half barbarian, right? That was the yeah. deal. Yeah. And that has remained a deal like up through today, but oh, yeah. all of the baggage surrounding it has changed. Sure. Because it's no longer well, you know, you're a monstrous barbarian now. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about how, right, how the right. context has changed. That's the whole point of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, through the '80s and into the '90s, the trope stayed: orcs are all chaotic evil, like always chaotic evil all the time. Orcs not half orcs. Orcs not half orcs. Right. Okay. Half orc. If you're a half orc, you know, there's enough not orc in you that you can be neutral evil. Or, you know, chaotic neutral or, but you're never still not, you know, and, and it wasn't like hard you, and fast. Can you, you squeak into have, good or no? Well, there was, there was never a specific rule saying your alignment is never going to be, is never going to okay. end in G. Okay. But the overall uh, context was always oh. that if you're playing this character, you're not doing it. You're not choosing this race to play, to play a good guy. Right. You know. Okay. Uh, if you want to play a good guy, be a, be a human, human or an elf or you know something like that, because that's the, they are they are the good races. You know, <sighs> if you want to be a stodgy good guy, be a dwarf. You know. Uh-huh. Um, so God, it just again Gary Gygax oh, being, yeah. being from the Midwest. Yeah. It just uh, you know, and, and as much as I hate to always, but we always <laughs> seem to like authorial intent. Yeah, are we coming too? back around. Yeah, oh, that too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but also, I mean, we're literally talking about race. Yes. So we should probably talk about race. Mm. So if you want to yeah. be good, mm. be a human. Yeah. If you want to be good, be an elf. Yeah. Which is kind of like a British human. If you want to be good, yeah. be a dwarf, and that's kind of like a borderlander human, a Scotsman human. Yeah. So one of the lesser good ones. <laughs> uh, hey, if wait, you want to hold on, uh huh, uh huh. And if you if you want to be a, a dwarf, you're going to face secondhand citizenship. Yeah. Or Luckily, none of or that. Ex- or, I'm sorry, half half work. Yeah. Luckily, none of that existed in the Midwest as a concept for any race. So we can no, just move not on at all. From there. So we can just totally move on from there. Great migration has nothing, nothing to do with any of that going at straight all. through there. Going, we're just gonna cruise right on okay, by. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, migrate right past that, right? As it were. 
Um, Were the half orcs so, ever used as some sort of uh, proto servant class or indentured servitude class? Or not, not, not officially. In, okay. Yeah, not in any official kind of material. Well, at least it's not that on the nose. No, no, okay, no. Um, so through the 80s and into the 90s, like I said, mm-hmm. we're, we're, orcs are still monsters. They're okay. still always catechable. Okay. Um, but what we see at that point is we start seeing uh, people trying to find a way to explain that. Okay. Like, so so Tolkien created orcs as right. these are my stormtroopers. Right. You know these these are these are going to be the the disposable minions of evil. The Huns. The Huns. Well, yeah, no, and we yeah. mentioned that talking yeah. about the propaganda that was undoubtedly in the back of his head while right. he was coming up with all this stuff. But he didn't mean to do it. But it wasn't it wasn't conscious, but it right. was there. And uh, so they're still fulfilling that role. But now, well, wait a minute. How does that actually work? Because you know, in the real world, even the Huns weren't disposable minions of evil. So, like, let's right. explain how do we get disposable minions of evil? What? What? Right. How? How do you wind up getting a monolithic? They're always bad guys. Right. Situation. And there's. I wish I could find it. It's mm-hmm. out of print, and I couldn't find it anywhere online. Okay. But in Space Gamer magazine, which was published by Steve Jackson Games, oh wow, back in the 1980s, and and you know Dragon magazine, it was right. a TSR vehicle. It was everything in there was about TSR games. It was Dungeons and Dragons or uh, right uh, Top Secret or the Marvel superheroes game, which is also TSR, which, which is which is TSR, yeah. but yeah. Gagamagat. So um, <laughs> no, Gagamagat would be the DC game. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, good point. Yeah. True. All right, granted. But so anyway, TSR was, was a vehicle, or Dragon sure. was a vehicle for strictly TSR. Um, Space Gamer was published by Steve Jackson Games, but at mm-hmm. that point, Steve Jackson Games was a small enough outfit that, like, no, man, we're going to write about everything. We're going to write about D&D. We're going to write about tabletop games. Occasionally, when we have the sure. material, we're going to talk about Car Wars and other Steve Jackson stuff. Sure, sure. But, you know, wh- whatever you got, we're going to do it. Traveler, Traveler 2300, you know. Right. And so Steve Jackson himself mm-hmm. wrote an article for Space Gamer magazine. Okay. That was The Ecology of the Orc. Wow, okay. And it was an attempt to try to explain, okay, look, here's how it is mm-hmm. that this that this could work rationally. Now, like what, like we're gonna we're gonna try to we're gonna try to world build around this because mm-hmm. Tolkien did a lot of world building, but he didn't exactly explain how this functions. And this is a tentpole of this world anyway, so now we have to explain yeah, the, now, the like, like everybody yeah. has orcs in their games. They right. always show up, and they're always tribal, and they're always, marauders. you know, they're always marauders. Right. And, like, how does that happen? Well, let me ask you, let yeah. me just for a second. So what what year did this article come out in this magazine? I don't recall the specific year, but okay. I'm, it, as I remember, it's early 80s. We're okay. talking, like, somewhere, I want to say it's somewhere between 82 to 84. Wow, so it's way far so back. It's, so it's, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so huh. he, he tried to explain the trope scientifically and the explanation he came up with was, okay, so we're going to operate under the assumption that orcs are a created race. They were, they were one way or another. They were somehow, okay. they, they didn't arise organically. They were somehow created by right. some evil force. Cause that's the background. And the thing is when you are going to create a race that is going to be your disposable shock troopers, you want them to mature really fast you want them to reproduce really rapidly, 
And so those are those are going to be, and you want them to be big and powerful and obedient, and you don't necessarily want them to be very smart. You know, they're it, they're, they're an XP factory for they're, they're leveling an, up. Yeah, well, they're an XP fa- for player characters. They're an XP right. factory for leveling up for the bad guy, whoever it is that created them. It was I need an army that I can send hordes of them out and then replace them almost as fast and and not have rebellions crop up. Yeah, not I'm and not have them, lives. Yeah, and not have them rise up, and so they have to have an ingrained kind of lack of concern for their own lives or other lives, you know? And so anyway, it was, it was this attempt to try to retcon a rational explanation for the always chaotic evil trope as it applied to orcs. Now, just real quick. Yeah. You said it's probably somewhere uh, between what? 81 and 84. Probably. Thereabouts. If I'm, if I'm, yeah. So I'm thinking about the Dungeons and Dragons. Maybe as late as 86. Okay. I'm thinking about the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. As you should. Yes. As we all should. And daily. the the basic bad guys that they ended up fighting most of the time were bullywogs, not orcs. Yeah. And I just kind of think Toad it's interesting. People. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting that... I had forgotten that it was bullywogs, but yeah. Yeah. It, it's just interesting oh, to me weird. that like orcs are uh, a, a staple, a go-to. Yeah. And yet the cartoon named for it. Well, I'll tell you why. Uh-huh. Uh, because in the published materials that you're going to use at home to play your game... Mm-hmm. We can get away with using orcs as as a term, and we've made our orcs look different enough mm-hmm. and whatever that that'll satisfy the Paul Zayant's company who owned all of the intellectual property rights to uh, the Tolkien, Tolkien estate. Okay. But if there? we try to make a TV show uh-huh. and have orcs on the screen, you know the lawyers are going to be on the phone gotcha. like right away. Right. You know, with a with a cease and desist, and we want you know if you want to keep doing this, we want money. So Bullywugs yeah. were monstrous enough and also always chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, and they green. filled And green. And they filled the role well enough, but they didn't have the legal baggage that, that using the word orcs right. had. There was, there was the threat of right. that showing up. Is that why orcs got started getting spelled differently? Uh, well, you're thinking of Warhammer 40K with orcs oh, being spelled with a K. Okay, yeah, then maybe not. I'm going to get to them in a minute. Okay. But... That was not really the reason. Okay, and I'll and I'll explain okay. that when I get to them. But cool. so, Sorry. so the the reimagining was they they have this high birth rate, mm-hmm. and because of the high birth rate and the fact that you know they have to be fed, they had an innate tendency toward cannibalism. If they weren't eating you, they were eating each other. Wow. So yeah, still always chaotic evil. But now there's kind of a somebody came up with a rationalization for it. Right. And and I point this out not so much because everybody took that and ran with it, mm-hmm. but that same kind of thinking mm-hmm. influenced, like, well, we have to come up with an explanation of, of who the hell they are. Uh-huh. Like, you, you know, we, we can't just leave them as the cipher. We got to we got to right. pick them up and, and figure out, you know, how this works. And this also was uh, where uh, we start seeing more detail given to the the tribal society of mm-hmm. orcs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the dungeons, uh, the, the, the monster manual in Dungeons mm-hmm. & Dragons said, you know, they, they organize themselves into tribes with names like, you know, the pierced eye and the broken skull, right. and, you know, this kind of stuff. And that was it. Uh-huh. You know, well, you know, they band together for, you know, marauding purposes and they have these tribes and all this stuff. And um, in Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. part of their always chaotic evil was explained in official published stuff. Okay, when Deities and Demigods mm-hmm. came out, 
and uh, the orcish pantheon was described. Mm-hmm. Groomsh the one eye, right? Which, by the way, the wounded god. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well, one eye, mm-hmm. eye of Sauron. We're we're not oh. we're still not getting too far away, yeah. from their roots. But yeah. Groomsh is this warrior god, mm-hmm. and and the the genesis of the orcs in that myth, and this was this was related as being the myth that. Orcish shamans taught to their children, their pups, whatever you want to call them. By the way, so now we're introducing the idea that there are shamans, right? Shaman in Orcish culture. Uh-huh. We're now introducing the idea that they they have an oral tradition and they are introducing this oral tradition to their young, right? So these are now concepts that, like, well, you know, if if you start building that in, it's really hard to continue seeing them as, only- as just monolithic monsters, right? And um, so their their creation myth was that in the beginning of the world, all of the gods of all the different races got together and they chose where it was that their that their people were going to settle. And the elves took the you know Coral and Larithi and the god of the uh-huh. elves took the forests, and Moradin, the father of the dwarves, took the depths of the mountains, mm-hmm. and humans took first the plains and then said, but you know we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna go travel everywhere. we're gonna travel everywhere right we're rats and and then Groomsh showed up last. And all of the good places were taken. So he got the swamp. And so, it, well, no. And so oh. he he thrust his spear down into the badlands and said, here will my people be. And he threw his spear down into the swamps and the bogs and said, here my people will be. We will live in all the places that nobody else wants because you've taken everything else from us. Wow. And And we will take everything from you. Wow. And so there's this built-in inferiority That's, complex yeah. and there's this built-in... Everybody stole everything from us, and we're going to get even. And that's the reason that they are always chaotic evil. They are always marauders. They are always coming to get civilization because they're, they're disruptors. envious. They're disruptive. Right. And so, so... Well, okay. So I'm remembering Order of the Stick and... Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, Red The Hobgoblins and, yeah. Yeah, and all that. And it's yeah. very similar. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And, well, and he's he's lampooning the shit out of well, that, no, that culture. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And, right. and so... There's still not really <laughs> there's still no real explanation of how it is exactly that orcs are able to support the kind of large population that they always have. You uh-huh. know, it's it's like anytime anybody's writing an adventure novel, you see all the predators show up in the jungle. And it's like, how yeah. do you have this many predators in a jungle per square inch per yeah. square foot? Like <laughs> yeah, that's a there's good point. too many wolves and not enough like gazelle. Like right. you know, right. that's not how the balance works. And you know, orcs are never described as farming. They're ne- you That's know, true. and and so like, how do you how do they feed themselves? Like, right. how do they maintain these? Like, oh my god, we got to be scared because the orcs are coming. And they're this horde. They don't have domesticated animals. Like, yeah, right. I mean, you know, they raid and they loot, but you can only raid and loot so much. Yeah. Without actually conquering and like, and that's never, that's not the way they're portrayed. Right. And it's the, the threat that they're going to come out of the, it's, it's right. yellow peril. It's the threat right. that, oh my God, they're going to come out of the mountains and, and destroy it's us. It's Viking all. peril too, though. Yeah, well, yeah. On some yeah. levels, like because physically yeah. they're that big and they're this and they're that. Yeah, and they're imposing but they're, and terrifying. they're never setting up Dublin. Yeah, no. You know? Well, no, because, yeah. because they're not... It's still the assumption is they're not smart enough or they're not sophisticated enough or whatever. They're just they're not they're constitutionally they're not civilized and they're not constitutionally capable of focusing enough to think of trading to get what they want. They're they're just gonna take everything because that's the way they are. So Steve Jackson. Yeah. Right. He writes this. He write writes that article. Where's kind of at the same time that yeah. this created I mean it's 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 part of 
the evolution of the trope within right. the genre. So I'm just trying to figure, where is Steve Jackson from? Texas. So, <laughs> fucking Christ. Um, God damn it. God damn it. I wish it was not so on the nose. Um, so he's from Texas, and yeah. just, just north of him is is uh, several Oklahoma reservations. Yeah, for these people. Just north that of him is Oklahoma. Just can't Let's be civilized. Just, yeah. Well, yeah. Six yeah, tribes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, I I had and just actually, south of him, I hadn't actually made that connection, but yeah, you know, just south of him are the Apache. Yeah. Just okay. to throw like no. It, Okay, we're we're if since it is kind of on the nose when you yeah. realize it, yeah. we're gonna again pattern on the wallpaper, yep. ladies and gentlemen. Yep. So, but but over time, we're 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 seeing a trend toward orcs being less monsters, more noble savage. If you well, will. well, we're not there yet. Okay, we're working that way, but we're not there yet. What we do is because there's no nobility involved in Jackson's description. They are they are not noble. They are they are still violent, psychotic, murderous, all that. With shamans now. With well, D and D was the one who it was okay. TSR okay. said their shamans tell the story. Right. But they're they're becoming less monsters and more monstrous humanoids. That is a difference. Okay. So you've got the, them in the, boarding schools and <laughs> <laughs> they all graduated from Duke. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Did that come out out loud? I'm really not sorry. Um, so in in now at this point, I want to mention because you you already kind of brought up the, the change in spelling. Yes, this is also the time at which we start seeing orcs with a mm-hmm. K uh-huh. being more fleshed out in in 40k. Okay, Warhammer 40,000. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Warhammer 40,000 is basically. Fantasy in space. Right. So the Eldar are space elves. Right. Space marines are knights in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and space orcs are exactly what it says on the tin. They're space, space orcs. orcs. And so to differentiate them from the orcs of Warhammer fantasy battle, uh-huh. orc in 40K is always spelled with a K. Okay. Just because that's the way they did it. Mm-hmm. And they are in 40k. They are violent. They are brutish. They are huge, and they are fungoid. They're mushrooms. They're mushrooms. They're they're giant, okay. sentient, toothed mushrooms. Now with, just, with a murder complex. <laughs> now, just real quick, yeah. uh, if anybody's interested, we already did an episode on Warhammer 40K. If you go back in the archives to episode four and I believe five, yes. there was a two-part episode comparing Thatcherism to <laughs> uh, Warhammer 40K. Yep, or it, talking about how it influenced it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, you you definitely owe it to yourself to go back and listen to that. And then when you're done, come back to these come back, fungoid orcs. Come back orcs. to here and we can talk about fungoid orcs. So... What what the writers and and you know every time I think about this and, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason when 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 the, you know it's one of those things that like every so often I'm mm-hmm. you know like thinking about stuff for the podcast or whatever and and this kind of idea this this particular idea like hits me all over again and uh-huh. every time I realize it I kind of have to chuckle and be like those guys were actually a lot smarter than they wanted anybody to pick up on. Because the thing is, they came up with, because it's science fiction, Uh they had the freedom to come up with with a science fiction explanation to a fantasy problem. 
Oh, yeah. It's kind of like which, they, they came is, up with a Jetsons explanation for the Flintstones. Yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. And and so because 40K orcs are aliens, they have their whole their whole, whole, systems. whole alien ecology. Right. So an orc boy, mm-hmm. which is their grunt, you know, stormtrooper okay. warrior, uh, is is somewhere in the middle of the orc food chain. Okay. Toward the top. But, but at the bottom... Are actual you know mushroom looking fungi, uh-huh. and then there are more animal like fungi because mm-hmm. uh, they're all fungi, they're oh, fungi. Wow. Okay, yeah. Um, hmm. And and you know next next on the on the chain are um, oh my god uh, I've forgotten it squigs. Sorry, I had okay. a brain fart. Squigs are like. They're 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 depending on the on the species of squig. They might be the size of a purse dog all the way up to the size of a rhinoceros, but they are like orcs. Only they don't have enough brain power to be self aware or conscious. They're okay. they're orcish animals. Okay. okay. So there are orcs whose uh-huh. whole job is to be squig herds. Okay. Like in forty k, you can have a squig herd on the battlefield. And he will send his battle squigs forward in a in a in a roiling, snorting, sure. you know, a phalanx uh, of squigs, uh, fa- phalanx yeah. of gigantic big teeth uh, to to attack the enemy. And he stands behind him with a big crooked stick and you know pokes him, prods him on. Yeah, and and so, but they they have this whole ecology. Interestingly, goblins are part of that ecology. Okay, grots are just little. A, a subspecies of orc that is smaller and runtier and cowardly and do they so have, forth. Do they have some sort of like scald class as well? Some sort of like bardic? Uh, no, but they have weird boys. And weird boys, I assume, are psychics. Weird boys are psychics. Right, okay. And yeah. and the whole species, uh-huh. it should be noted, all, all of orcdom uh-huh. is just a little bit psychic. Uh-huh, that's and right. And the thing is, a weird boy mm-hmm. channels... All Everyone. of that psychic power. So when a bunch of orcs really get excited, yeah, it breaks. All it of breaks. that energy gets yeah. gets sensed and directed by the weird boy, and mm-hmm. if he's not careful enough, it'll literally cause his head to explode. Right. You told me in the yeah, episode yeah, well, four that yeah, you could pull yeah. that. And and so when when uh so the and orcs, orcs they're still very warlike and they're bringing war to people. Yes. So yes. they and are and okay. Yeah, and they're and their whole. Their their whole everything is based on we never lose, we never lose, and they just because import war we to win everyone. because right. because we go places and we fight and we win and when we win we win and when the other guys beat us we retreat and then we come back and we fight them again and we never lose. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, orcs don't lose. Right, it's, you know, right. and and so they are depicted as being. Maniacal, single-minded, uh-huh. inc- like violent, but it's comedic, and and they're they're a species of idiot savants, and their savant is fighting. They're well, the like average, they don't set up the average grunt, or anything no, 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 like no, no. The okay. average grunt orc is really big, carries a big crude sword and uh-huh. a big crude gun, uh, and he's just a shock trooper. But within their species, every one in a thousand is a mech boy. Okay. And he, you know, grows up from a little mushroomling mm-hmm. and suddenly realizes he wants to start bolting stuff together. Okay. And he just knows mm-hmm. how to build starships. 
I mean, they're crude. Okay. They're they're you know waxed. They're waxed together so with, that they with can wire, so they can then get on the starship and bring war elsewhere. So Portabella. Yeah. Oh, nice. Thanks. I'm not even angry. About that <laughs> That's that good. Yeah. Um, and they do they like do they bring their civilization with them? What counts like, as their, their stuff? civilization? Okay. Their, their stuff. Their their material culture. They only have two gods okay. in 40k: Gork and Mork. <laughs> uh, Gork is uh, cunning but brutal. Okay. And Mork is brutal but cunning. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I assume they have huge attitude problems and they don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, there, there's and, no and shiitake amongst them. Yeah. Oh, I'm back. That there. one pisses me off. <laughs> that one hurts. Yeah. Um, and and so they're, they're a bunch of jabbering, cockney-accented, murderous football hooligans. Right. That's, that's their whole character. Right. And they are... Monsters, right. like they are, they are literally monstrous aliens. Mm-hmm. But remember the universe they're inhabiting, so they can't. You can't really call them evil, right? Because they inhabit a universe where demons literally want to devour and right. enslave everything, right? And and then if you really want like terrifying aliens, you have the Tyranids who literally want to eat everyone, uh-huh. like. You know, not even like har har har. I'm gonna eat you, but right. no, we are the hive, and we're just gonna devour. It. You know, so yeah. like the orcs are are kind of the happy, fluffy bunny slippers villain, if you want to call it that. They're not. Sure. I mean, nobody's really a villain because everybody's kind of a villain. It's they're it's, an antagonist. They're, they're an antagonist, yeah. and and people who play orcs. I'm just uh-huh. gonna say this as a 40k player. Uh-huh. People who really get into playing orcs mm-hmm. are some of the most fun people to play the game with. Because their whole army has built in chaotic stuff that it's like, I have built a well-oiled machine of an army. This is how all my units are supposed to fit together. They, I have all the synergy figured out. And they can have a random die roll completely fuck everything they want to do. And, 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 and they will laugh about it. Because awesome. because that's what the army is and yeah okay uh, one of my best friends is a dedicated orc player has been forever and and his his army is always fun to play against mm-hmm. um, and and yeah they're they're a hoot okay um, so they're 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 monstrous in a darkly cartoonish kind of way but now they're not evil mm-hmm. because. nobody and everybody at the same time okay. is kind of evil in 40k and that's the way that is now. Uh, a little bit later, moving okay. the timeline forward, we then have Shadowrun. Okay. Comes out in 1989. Okay. Okay. Uh, presented orcs as a subspecies of human. How familiar are you with the universe of Shadowrun? Uh, corporations run everything. There's okay. fantasy, but in a modern setting. Okay. Well, postmodern. It's, it's okay. cyberpunk with magic spells okay. and magical races. Okay. So it's, imagine, have you read William Gibson? No. Okay. Yeah. But you know the like Blade Runner. Yes. Think a yes. Blade Runner aesthetic. Right. With cybernetics and and the net, mm-hmm. but then throw wizard spells and that kind of stuff. Okay. And orcs, trolls. All you that could stuff. have a dragon fighting a helicopter. Precisely. Yeah. Yes. And I think there's a published module in which something like that actually happens. If it's not a, <laughs> if it's not a helicopter, it's a jet fighter. Okay. But so um, the explanation that Shadowrun has for the existence of magical races is. All of them are subspecies of human. Okay. There is an event that takes place in the Shadowrun timeline sometime in like 1997, 1998, I'm trying to remember, where all of a sudden there's a generation of children Mm -hmm. who are suddenly born with pointed ears 
or tusks. Okay. Or you know, but they're or, born of or squat. They're they're yeah. born of human. Right. But they are different. But it's all the have, races from D. It's all the races from Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. And at the same time, that's going on. Some children who are entering into puberty undergo transformation. Okay. And and the conceit of it is that it's the beginning of the Mayan fourth world. So it wasn't actually nineteen. Okay. It, was, it was the end of the Mayan calendar. Whatever. So twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Yeah. Uh, that that the end of the Mayan calendar mm-hmm. was the shift into the next age. Twenty twelve makes more sense too. Yeah, most most things where it's like it's an apocalyptic thing. It's usually about a generation to two generations out yeah. before the catalyzing event happens. You're right. So yeah. So, um, so anyway, their their orcs are they are they are humans mm-hmm. who are different. They they are essentially humans with a genetic condition. Mm-hmm. You know, like the line from the Avengers, son. You got a condition, <laughs> um, and they are their stat line mm-hmm. is they're a little slow, okay, and they're really tough, okay, and they're a little bit stronger than most than, than ordinary humans than human baseline, but mm-hmm. they're not like you know cartoonishly strong, mm-hmm. but they are really tough, okay, and they're not they're 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 a little bit slower on the uptake than your as a baseline than your right, average baseline right. human, so we still have that baggage going on. Um, and in Shadowrun, like in 40K, everything is morally gray. In, in Warhammer mm-hmm. 40K, it's because even the good guys are fascists. Right. In, in Shadowrun, it's because if you're a player character in Shadowrun, you are a criminal. Right. Like, the way you make your living is you steal stuff from the megalithic corporations that are running everything. Right. Like, for a living. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you come from probably a gang background or, you know, whatever. So everybody's morally gray. So orcs being morally gray is fit in. in. So the in some ways, anymore. it kind of normalizes. It them. normalizes. Yes, yeah. it does. And so then at the same, t- at almost the same time, a couple of years later, Earth Dawn mm-hmm. comes out, also from FASA. Mm-hmm. And in that game, orcs are presented as just being another race of fantastical humanoids. There is nothing said about them being. Brutish. There's nothing said about them being more violent than anybody else or anything else. They mm-hmm. are stronger. They're, I, they're, they're described as being you know big and bulky Thicker, and not and not right. very pretty. You know, right. but they are just another player character race. They're they they are they are given the same level of kind of this is what orcish culture looks like. This okay. is how orcs operate as a society. And and so now that normalization thing, FASA mm-hmm. basically, you know, really committed to the idea that, you know what, we're we're gonna we're gonna normalize this. It's uh-huh. gonna be a thing. So at this point, the the racial coding from Tolkien is mostly gone. Right. Not completely, but it's mostly gone, which is good. The pig face thing with Gygax mm-hmm. again talking about lawyers, I, I wonder how much of that was you know, I really don't want to have this kind of, you know, anti-Asian, Hun, right. racial stuff going. Or if it was just, I need to make sure that Zance's lawyers don't jump on me, so I'm going to make my works look different if it was some combination of the Given two. Given at that time, I guarantee, I can almost guarantee you it was option B, not option A. Yeah, I, yeah. I really, I am loath to give Gary Gygax credit for very much of anything on a mm. moral level. Um, really? He garnered a reputation... That may be unfair, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of the stories that I've heard about him from people who had the occasion to meet him at cons and do that kind of stuff was that mm-hmm. he he was kind of an arrogant jerk. Okay. And so 
it, it's 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 a prejudice I carry against the man, even though I never met him. Sure, that, you know I I so that's the thing. No, I mean I I think Lyndon Johnson was a prick. I never yeah. met Lyndon Johnson. Yeah, but I know plenty of stories of him being a prick. So there you go. So yeah. So we can give him an A for impact and a C minus for motivation. I like it. You know, I like it. Um, or, and again, or A for motivation and then C minus for conduct. Yeah, could have been like you know. There, there's any number of ways along the way that someone could fall off a path too. That's true. But yeah, it, yeah. It, and there's well, I mean, nothing... ta- talking specifically in this case yeah. about the removal yeah, yeah. of the of the racial stuff from, sure. from orcs in D and D. So uh, 40k orcs are class coded though, because again they're football hooligans, and so that's a whole different kind of baggage, right? Because that's that's British baggage, and you know we live in a society. We have class distinctions, but yep. it's not ingrained in the same way. It doesn't it's, present it's in the same way. It's not overt in yeah. the same way that it is in Britain. Uh, now, I am going to say that the game designers themselves came from middle class or slightly lower middle class backgrounds. And so this is not necessarily punching down. Right. I, I, I perceive punching it as being punching sideways. Sure. So we can kind of say whether that's you know, problematic or not. Um, now in the real world, there's not really a single event or movement that I can, that I can tie into this. Okay. Uh, but overall in the eighties and nineties, the dominant culture started to shift toward rep seeing really Mm -hmm. kind of almost as if for the first time, really seeing people of color and LGBTQ people Mm -hmm. and, and showing representation of them. In, in in media. You said in the early 90s. In 80s and 90s. It was slow. It was tokenish. Um, but it was but, still but more than it, it was started, there. Yeah, but it started to happen. Uh, Middle America got introduced to the Huxtables. This, this is like the one real concrete specific example I could think of. That the Huxtables were an African-American family. Mm-hmm. The parents were both highly educated professionals. She was a lawyer. He was a pediatrician. Right. Um, and they had a whole bunch of clean college bound, clean cut kids. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the black middle class had existed for generations. Sure. But a whole giant chunk of white America hadn't ever seen them portrayed. Right. And when I say a giant chunk, I mean the majority of white America had not ever seen them portrayed in that light. And so this, this is, this is God, the closest a thing. really big example. Yeah. It's the, the one concrete one that I could think of, but overall there was kind of a growing understanding. I mean, you know, you remember us, us as kids yeah. kind of being, being encouraged all the time to be mm-hmm. recognizing that, Hey, there are people who are different and we should respect yeah. people who are different. And we should value them for being different. Right. And that was the lesson we were, we were being taught. Right. Whereas 10 years prior, it was melting pot. Yeah. It was the Jeffersons blending with white culture instead yeah. of the Huxtables being themselves. Very, yeah, yeah. That's a mean. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, so overall, there was a growing understanding of what stereotypes were. Uh huh. Like that was something we kind of got explicitly taught. Like this right. is a stereotype. Right. Not all of these people are like this. You know, right. this, this is a cartoon picture of these people that is right. not that doesn't show that they're individuals. And and so this is the very nascent beginnings of people starting to push back against those. Mm-hmm. And so in 1994. Now, I would also point out that 
uh, during this time that you've been talking about, yeah. um, you've had Republicans in the White House. Yes. The whole time. Until 92. Okay, yeah. You through know. through the 80s. Yeah, yeah, through yeah. the 80s. Like, yeah. yeah. When, when yeah, the orcs... The beginning, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. When, when orcs show up as a separate ecology, it's under a Republican administration. Now, I don't think that there's well, a task a force made. Well, British conservative... Also that. Reaganite. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But, uh, same, same, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in both... Well, you were talking yeah. about Steve Jackson. But orc with a K. Right. Yeah. Oh, you're, oh, you're oh, talking oh, about Steve, Steve Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. yeah, okay. So on both sides of the pond, you have the orc ecology developing at a time when the people who were in power had a vested interest in ignoring uh, all the non-human and elf characters. Okay. Uh, okay. Per what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, and now it's... The, and, and during that time, there was all kinds of abrasion and abutment up against those like ceilings that were placed yeah. on it, and they start to come out. Like you said, the Huxtables, uh, they get... They they show up in the eighties. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and you start to see movements toward that kind of stuff, and, and not just in these little fringe things like in soap or something like that. Yeah, you start to see more representation. Mm-hmm. So uh, now you're about to break it wide open in ninety four. Yeah, um, which is right at the time when Contract of America comes in, and the legislature switches to the right. Oh. Wow. And yeah, and point. the Conservative Party is still in power in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, it, but Thatcher's out. There's this someone is true. else. Yes. Because uh, I think she's out in 91. I might oh. be off by a little. Oh, but what was his name? It wasn't Tony. I remember. It wasn't Tony Blair because no, well, he came he in was, with labor. He was, he was labor. Yeah. And, but new, he comes in. New in, labor. Yeah. Neoliberal. Yep. Centrist. He was Britain's Clinton. Yeah. Uh, which um, they come in roughly gonna, around the same time. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna steal the middle. Yeah. from from we're gonna out, triangulate out the right. We're gonna we're gonna steal the middle from the right. Yep, and and thus shift the left rightward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but anyway, at least we're in power. Yeah. So ninety four. Yes. Warcraft uh, Warcraft comes out. Blizzard Software releases oh, the game. Yes. Warcraft Orcs yes. and Humans, which was yes. a real time strategy game. Yes. Orcs. Were invaders from another world. They were coming into the world through mm-hmm. a portal from from another from another dimension, another right. another plane. They had bright green skin, mm-hmm. uh, noseless. They 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 yep. you know tusks, Big tusks, large tusks, and and like forty k orcs, heavily 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 bulky muscle, super muscle, ridiculously muscled. Yes, uh, they had come through a portal to raid and conquer. But they had their own society, mm-hmm. which was portrayed as having been corrupted by demonic influence. Oh. Okay. Huh. They're still violent, barbaric, expansionistic, and warlike. There's still a note of them having been corrupted. Uh-huh. Okay. But they're getting credit for having had a civilization before as their own thing before that happened. Okay. Then, still sticking with Warcraft... By the time of Warcraft 3 mm-hmm. in 2002, the background of the orcs and the other creatures of the Horde, the trolls and mm-hmm. all of them, had been changed. There would kind of been introductions and sort of retcons. Now, they had been slaves of the Burning Legion, a demonic faction that had pushed them into acting as a slave army. Okay. Okay. Uh, they'd been defeated and forced into camps mm-hmm. by the humans and the elves of Azeroth. 
Okay, so mm-hmm. they were forced into invading the world right. that was inhabited by humans and elves. Humans and elves defeated them and then shipped them off to prisoner of war camps and reservations. Ah. Okay. Uh, and by the time of Warcraft 3, they now wanted their freedom... Mm-hmm. And individual orc protagonists represented different factions within orcdom. Yes. Some of which wanted to find a way to cooperate with humanity and like, look, we need to we need to we need to build peace between all of our peoples. Right. And some of which were like, you know, screw all of them, burn it all down, you know, right. kind of thing. Which even though they were painted as villains, you could understand based on where they were coming from. Dude, if I was in their position, I'd want to burn it all down too. Right. So we're looking at they're definitely chaotic. They definitely want to destroy humans, but they've got a point. They got a reason. Yep. Okay. Warcraft orcs now are carrying all of those noble savage tropes. Yes. Okay. They were they're an honorable warrior race. They were tribal with bar, all kind of barbarian trappings taken right. from a bunch of different sources. Kind of, kind of. If it's tribal, we're going to slap it on an orc and see how it fits. Right. And they had been enslaved, then imprisoned. There were all these heavy kind of anti-hero vibes. Mm-hmm. And they were rough and violent, but they were justified, mm-hmm. like I was saying. And so now we also see, for the first time, female orcs as characters start showing up. And now we start getting problematic again, in a way, mm-hmm. because female orcs look a lot more human-like than male orcs do. Uh. They still have tusks, but they're smaller. Mm-hmm. They're not nearly as heavily muscled. Their proportions are almost the same as the proportions right. of any other female character in Warcraft. Right. Which means, you know, exaggerated wasp waists. Yep. You know, big hips, big boobs. Big breaths, yeah. You know, and, and so we're looking at male gaze being a thing. Right. You know, and there's a little bit, I mean, I don't know if by the time I was writing this, I was looking for it, but you know, there's the fetishization of mm-hmm. women of color mm-hmm. in, in previous media going back forever. Asian women being exoticized and made foreign, uh, you know, uh, uh, Latin and Hispanic women, same kind of, th- you know, any, right. any, any woman who was not a white woman carried all of these tropes that were the exotic foreign woman, you know, femme right. fatale, Indian princess. Yep. Like, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, positive stereotypes are better than negative ones. They are. And it's, it's, that's a really good but thing to still, point out. Yeah. But they're still stereotypes. Also true. And, and this still winds up echoing real life kind of racial biases. Mm-hmm. Warcraft managed to turn orcs all the way into mm-hmm. heroic figures, but unfortunately they still couldn't get away with saddling them with tropes. Fetishizing to, them. Fetishizing them yeah. and saddling with tropes to go along with that. And and so now it's it's Native Americans and Aboriginal people rather than, you know, Central Plateau of Asia right. people, tribes. And so so you know now coming around to kind of the the ending of, of my of, of my thesis here. Uh-huh. You know, the upside of all of this mm-hmm. is there's a greater depth of characterization that we see. Of course. You know, uh, there's a trend in gaming as a whole, mm-hmm. as as the medium has matured, mm-hmm. as all of the media that are involved in it have matured. We've moved toward there being more nuance mm-hmm. and, and a greater 
ability to create depth and work with depth right. and, and individual characters and, and those kind of things. Um, and it, it represents the growth of representation in tabletop RPG culture. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a great piece that I read a couple of weeks before I started writing my notes for this uh-huh. that I really had to think really hard about because my, my initial, my initial thesis was going to be different <laughs> than what it is now. Um, Isn't that fun when you get 90% done and then that 10% just fucks up the other 90? Just like, oh man, I really got to think about that. And am I the asshole? You know? Right. And, and it was, and I, I, I have to go hunt it down and find it so we can put it in the credits for the episode. Cause right now I can't remember the title or who it was. And I, sure. when I was putting my notes, I was rushing to get this ready to, to go to, to go to air. Uh huh. But it was a great multi-part piece about the racism inherent in, Orcs uh-huh. and the woman who mm-hmm. wrote the piece, who was, who is a person of color, mm-hmm. wrote about how the experience she had dealing with playing a half orc character uh-huh. and having a white male DM make remarks about, well, you know, these are orc orcs and they're never good guys and you can't ever negotiate with them really came across to her as I'm sorry that's that's like she really felt racism coming right. off of that and I mean the guy running the game probably didn't think not in the slightest he's like, dealing with orcs yeah he's dealing with orcs they're a made up fictional right. thing but like they're othered from, but, but they're othered and from the point of view of somebody who has to deal with that shit as background noise on a daily basis it's like Oh yeah, I came here oh. to escape. Uh, yeah, I came to here to get away from that, and right. like you know. Well, and and there's an implication of these are these are the bad orcs. You're one of the good you're ones. one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, it's like, yeah. It, the only thing you could add to that to make it worse for someone would be like, and you know, orc hair is just really rough and coarse. But <laughs> we really like half orc hair. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, ah. yeah. There's some grossness going on there. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and and then that gets again back to the portrayal of female orcs, right? In in way too many sources, like across across gaming media now, sure. Whether tabletop, you know, publishing stuff or, or video games or whatever yeah. is, you know, and and it's it's similar to the way you know women are portrayed of all races mm-hmm. through those media is it needs a lot of work. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's the same fetishization. It's the same exoticization. Right. It's the same, it's the same baggage. And so, you know, the, the upside of all of this is that, that, you know, we're seeing maturity in these storylines and by taking away the idea mm-hmm. that orcs are inherently evil and they have no society and they have no culture worth speaking of and all, all, all that that goes along with them just being monsters uh-huh. that is in a way for anybody who's coming from a background other than always being the dominant culture in the room, right? That that opens a door. That 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 is that is in a way a form of mm-hmm. broadening representation. And it so is. it's 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 very powerful in that context. Mm-hmm. And so those those are the remarkable kind of upsides of, of this, of this movement of this trend mm-hmm. with, with these particular constructs. Now I am going to touch on the stuff that was my original yeah. get off my lawn kind of, kind of thesis. 
which is I I I have a real problem mm-hmm. with, and this isn't just about orcs, but this okay. is in general the level to which moral grayness, moral ambiguity, you know, everybody has a point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to, we, we have to, you know, see, you know, what is it that made him a villain uh-huh. is, is this, is, has become this thing. And, and, and this really crystallized for me seeing, uh, the ads for the Joker. Okay. Is like, okay, why, why do we need to see, I mean, the Joker is a protean force of chaos. Right. Like in the comics. Mm-hmm. They've come up. They've come up with multiple potential. This might be his backstory. Backstories for right, him. right. And there's one of them that's kind of considered to be mostly canonical. But up until that was written, he didn't need a backstory. Right. You know, his role was he was the anti-Batman. It mm-hmm. was you know, and that was and that was, and and in another episode we're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about. I'm going to rant about mm-hmm. superheroes as mythic figures. Sure. And and in a mythic context the monster doesn't have a backstory other than they were here before, before the gods and they were thrown into Tartarus. Uh-huh. And that's like all you need to know. Like they mm-hmm. eat babies, like what? And there's not a lot of nuance to that. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of depth to that, but we crave stories in which we have a monster. Mm-hmm. We crave stories in which we have a hero mm-hmm. who stands up between those of us who don't have the strength to do it and the monster. Right. And you can't empathize with a Nazi. Right. Like, you, you, he will not let you reason with him. Right. Like he doesn't care. Nazis don't care about reasoning with you. The only reason they say, well, you know, I just want to have an argument is to get you into a place where they can browbeat you to and the then, point where you can't argue anymore, and then they're going to kill you and your family. Right. They're going to push you out they're, of the public they're, they're square. They're going to push you out of the public square right. by using your rationality and your and your empathy against you. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so with all of the stuff that we're having to deal with in the world today, when we're seeing actual fucking Nazis walking down the street. Yes. I kind of want to come to the gaming table and I kind of want to kill some orcs, you know? And, and, and I recognize that that's me Mm -hmm. as me coming with all of my particular background, all my kind of particular baggage and all that kind of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And and kind of what what that article that I wish I could remember the title for that I'm I'm really genuinely going to have to look up now. Yeah. What that kind of made clear to me was that's that's where I'm coming from on this. And and there's there's a whole other flip side to what I'm talking about, uh-huh. and that and that made me have to really think about it harder yeah. than I had been because this was mostly going to be me, you know, sitting on my porch telling all the kids to get off my fucking lawn. Right. You know. Um. But. You know, I, I think there is a place mm-hmm. in our fantasy world, yeah, collectively, individually, whatever, for having monsters to fight. And I am I am frustrated somewhat by the way the urge to want to humanize monsters has sometimes gotten really close to glorifying them. 
and that that bugs me on a really primal level. It, <laughs> it, it like like seeing the trailers for the Joker movie actually make made me actively angry. Okay, because he's a mass murderer. Right. Like like he is, and from the synopses I've read of the movie, yeah, he he is he he turns into a psychotic killer. He turns into the Joker. Right. You know, and you need to remember that the Joker in the comics is the guy who intentionally shoots Barbara Gordon in a way to permanently maim her rather than killing her. I mean, it's right. not just mass murder. It's torture and mental mental destruction, mental degradation. Mm-hmm. In, in, you know, uh, the Jack Nicholson Joker literally gases mm-hmm. a city full of people. Yeah. Why do we need to take that character... And, and like empathize with the stuff that he went through to turn him into that. Mm -hmm. Like what? No, like he has gone to me Mm -hmm. at that point. He's gone too far beyond the pale for me to, for me to be comfortable empathizing with that. Well, and in that particular version, he started off as a bad person. It wasn't dropping into that vat of chemicals that made him a bad guy. He was part of organized crime. Prior to that, he was a psychotic 15-year-old who'd murdered someone's parents. Yes. Like, he operated outside of the idea of having a conscience. Yeah, he was a sociopath from right. the get-go. Yeah, right. In in that version, in yeah, that version. He, was, he, was a, so, he was a psycho from the yeah. jump. They, I mean, he was cool because he was Jack Nicholson. Yeah. He was cool because colors. He was cool because he was zany. But at the end of the day, he did not start off as a sympathetic character to begin with. Yeah. And I don't think he's a sympathetic character in this new one because he's an open mic comic. And you can't be sympathetic <laughs> with... So, you know. Yeah, shifty, the bunch of them. <laughs> But okay, well, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you finish. Uh, okay. But uh, but I have some pushback for you on this. Okay. So, well, yeah. that's that's pretty much it. That's okay. my that's I've I've shot my. my I, I my, think that you're powder. throwing the baby out with the bathwater when it comes okay. to orcs. You okay. you I completely get in this day and age, especially you want to kill some bad guys. Yeah. I completely get that. But the 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 orcs themselves have evolved partly because they started off as victimized peoples. They started off as elves that were corrupted, okay, or uh, that were kidnapped and and, and brutalized twisted, and tortured, yes. brutalized, and so turned into something. Automatically, a sympathy built in with that, okay. And as it goes on, that sympathy keeps staying there. It's the through line through the whole thing. So when you said they wrote about the ecology of orcs, there is a constant strain of okay well here's what they do here's and mm. and and I love that you use the word humanizing because I do want to bring it back to race um in the same way that one of the things that shifted white people during the civil rights movement to say that civil rights is not an upset of the system and that it's mm. actually a due thing was that um several uh black civil rights leaders started acting in a way that was seen as waspy um, and therefore relatable. Um, you, you had, you know, they, they went through several different women before they actually challenged the bus segregation with yeah, Rosa, Rosa Parks. Yeah, Rosa Parks was, she was, fit was the bill. chosen because, right. yeah. Uh, and bless her for it. Yeah. But uh, when you... Still an act of monumental courage. Yeah. When you, you know. whitenize the uh, experience, suddenly white people can get on board with it. 
yeah. and not see it as othered. And you said humanize, and humans are clearly the white people of the fantasy world. Uh, elves are the better white people. Like, it's mostly a white thing. It yeah. really is. Yeah. And only recently have different authors and different um, game designers been representat- uh, representative of other peoples, um, of people of color, people who had previously been othered, people who had mm. been left out. Um, but the orcs have always, as per what we just went through in the last hour or so, the orcs have always been a group that has not been treated fairly. Yeah. Therefore, um, I think it is, I'm not going to say irresponsible, but I think it is reductive to compare them to, to say, Hey, look, we have literal Nazis walking down the streets. We absolutely do. Killing orcs isn't going to help you escape that reality. Killing orcs is really throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Like saying, I don't want my orcs to be humanized. Mm, they've always been somewhat on that mm-hmm. line. Um, find another race to kill. One that's mm-hmm. not had so much ink spilled on it to mm-hmm. humanize it, to make it a sympathetic group. Because there are plenty of others out there. Uh, there, there are, you know, there are plenty Holy of... Wugs. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but even them, like, I think attacking the dumber races um, is not nearly as satisfying in this day and age as attacking the uh, fanatic races. Okay. Attacking the fanatical groups. And mm. what I've seen in, in the games that I play is it's less and less about... And, and so th- this gray area, um, I'm with you. I think bad guys should be... Um, absolute on mm-hmm. a lot of levels. Um, but the bad guys that are absolute on a lot of levels tend to be bad guys who are making choices to do evil, not just I was born that way. Okay. And so that would be my pushback yeah. is that you're, you're throwing the, the orc pups out with the orc bathwater. Okay. And, so. and I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, that's, I, I like that. I can, yeah. I can work with that. Yeah. I, I, I also I guess, I guess I, I my have, issue I guess yeah. my issue is I I I don't so much necessarily want to have it be like okay no look it's going to be specifically the orcs and we're going to be right you know, right right but but it's I I want to I want to come to the table and I want to have I want to have a clear moral yes conflict where yes. I can be the good guy fighting against the bad guys yes. and not have anybody from my own side come at me and be like, no, no, we got to give them a space to debate. Right, right. No, I get that. Like, I get that. Like, I, no, yeah. no, I'm sorry. They're take literally, on, literally eating babies. Take like, on, can we, you know, take on the beholders then. There you go. You know, uh, xenophobic. Yep. Racist. Yep. So racist that like two different beholders will tell each other, you're not a true beholder and try right. to kill one another. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they're, they're proud. Yeah. Boys and you know Gavin McGinnis, you know, uh, Proud boys and the three percenters. Yeah, you know, you, know yeah. you just root for an injury. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, on top of that, like uh, you know, beholders are are way more powerful, and they're hoarders True. of wealth and all these yeah. kinds of things. Um, and you know, they have so a, you get more gold when you defeat them. Yeah, with that too, and XP. Yeah. But also, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the orcs, their god was left out. He was literally shown the back door of the God Diner. Yeah. That's not their fault, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. So, yeah. yeah. So, yes, definitely. Find another race. There are plenty that yeah. revel in their evilness instead yeah. of just, this is Be- the lot we've been given. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. So, yeah. So, cool. any, any other final takeaway from that? 
Um, no, I think I, I think I, I spent my, my powder on that All one. Right. I, I really, I, I loved, uh, that I, I got to see the evolution of orcs because mm. I, you know, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the orcs. I always okay. have, and I don't know why. And I never liked playing a uh, half orc, okay. but I always liked having a character cozy up to one, um, okay. as, as a buddy. Okay. Um, I don't, I'm sure Always that... Always wanted to have that friend of color, huh? I, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that that bespeaks a good deal uh, about, you know, my privilege and my inability to see it. But yeah, yeah I, I oh. think that there is, there probably is something about that uh, yeah. that I'm not comfortable with yet and need yeah. to think on. But I appreciate you showing it to me. Yeah. Um, but no, I've always, I've always, the, you know why I like the orcs? Because they're, mm. the they're the proletariat. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, and well, I, yeah. yeah, always, always out there toiling and bleeding for uh-huh. you know some guy in the back who uh-huh. you know never shows his face. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. So that that see that makes sense to me. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. So, so there we go. That's that's everything that awesome. I've got for this. So well, I'm going to recommend a book. Oh, okay. I bought this for a former in law years ago. Okay. At the time, he was an in law. All right. Uh, so I hope he ever read it. I don't know. He loved fantasy books. But there's an author named Stan Nichols, and Nichols with two L's. Okay. Um, and he wrote a book called Orcs. Oh, yeah. And uh, here's just like the, the back splash page kind of thing. It says, look at me, look at the orc. There is fear and hatred in your eyes. To you, I am a monster, a skulker in the shadows, a fiend to scare your children with, a creature to be hunted down and slaughtered like a beast in the fields. It is time you pay heed to the beast and see the beast in yourself. I have your fear, but I have earned your respect. Hear my story, feel the flow of blood, and be thankful. Thankful that it was me, not you, who bore the sword. Thankful the orcs, thankful to the orcs, born to fight, destined to win peace for all. This book will forever change the way you feel about orcs. And there are several that came afterwards. There's mm. uh, orcs. There's orcs inferno. He even wrote one called. Uh, oh, he didn't write it. Somebody else wrote a book called dwarves. There's Orcs of oh, yeah. Blood, Orcs Army of Shadows. Uh, there's there's a whole bunch uh, Orcs Tales of Marasdantia. Uh, there's a lot of ink being spilled about about Orcs by this uh, particular author, Stan Nichols. Okay. And just to give you an idea as to how long ago this book was written and how long ago I bought this for this uh, this now current outlaw of mine, um, I bought it at bar- at uh, Borders. Borders. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, so that would be my recommendation. Uh, okay. Do you have anything on social media? I uh, oh, I'm sorry. Social media. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find me at eh Blaylock mm-hmm. on Twitter, uh, and you can find both of us mm-hmm. at uh, Geek History Time. Yes. On the Twitters. Yes. Where can they find you on the Twitters? I'm at Duh Harmony on the Twitters. Okay. Um, and I actually just want to throw in a real quick plug because I think this will release in time. Okay. There's an all teacher edition version of Capital Punishment. Oh, right. Uh, that uh, we're putting on November 1st. That sounds uh, like a lot of fun. Wait. Yeah. I'm in that. You are in that. Oh, dear God. I've jumped you in finally. How All my puns hell? have infected you. Ugh. You will be competing in a pun tournament against another teacher for the right to go on to the championship round against another teacher for the right to go on against myself and my partner, Dan Humbarger, Daniel Humbarger, uh, in the boss battle of Capital Punishment. Uh, right. $10 for a ticket. Find us on Facebook, Capital Puns, Capital Punishment, uh, and uh, follow us, link, subscribe, all that kind of stuff, and then come on out to the show and cheer Ed on because he's going to need I'm- it. 
Lord, am I going to need it. Yeah. Good God. And come out because I'd like to make money on this and pay him and, <laughs> and also feed my kids meat this month. Hey, so, there you go. Yeah. All right. Sounds like a goal. And so yeah. on behalf of uh, Geek History of Time, mm-hmm. I'm Ed Blaylock. I'm Damien Harmony. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.